0: Today is June the 10th. Today we hear the stories of Elisha as we read 2 Kings 4 to 6. Now, Elisha the prophet uh, has taken the place of Elijah the prophet. And it's through Elisha that we discover that there were three different schools of prophets throughout Israel. Elisha had probably begun those schools, but Elisha continues to minister to them. They're located uh, regionally in three different areas. So what does a prophetic school do? Well, probably they learned a lot about music. They may have even learned uh, how to play an instrument. We see here in this passage today, uh, when Elijah, Elisha is asked to prophesy, he calls for someone with a musical instrument and he prophesies to music. Another thing that they may have learned is uh, the importance of biblical history. They probably spent a good bit of time looking back and studying what they had at that point as Scripture and uh, rehearsing the stories of God's intervention in Israel's history. A third thing that they probably learned was both the art of writing and historiography, because apparently the prophets were the historiographers of Israel. Uh, They had access to the king, and they wrote down the activities of the king. They kept those uh, registries in books that were called the chronicles of the king's of judah and israel uh, those chronicles are not the books that we know today as chronicles they were separate writings that they use to put down step by step what happened in each king's reign well we start in chapter 4 elisha helps a widow he, he provides for her then uh, there is a woman Uh, Much like Elijah, uh, his predecessor did, helping a woman in poverty and then helping an old woman to have a child. He helped an old woman to have a child, and that child died. Elisha raised that child back to life. Um, There was a famine, more miracles happened, then in chapter 5, actually, a uh, uh, general, a key general in Aram's army comes down with leprosy. They have a servant girl who happens to be Israelite. And she says, there's a prophet in Judah who can help you. He can heal leprosy. Naaman goes to him, washes in uh, uh, the dirty Jordan River and he's healed from his leprosy. In uh, chapter 6, we have several more uh, miracles. Among those miracles, the king of Aram again attacks, and Elisha the prophet actually captures an entire division of uh, king Aram, uh, the king of Aram's army, and he leads them into Samaria and uh, turns them over to the army of Israel. King uh, Ahab says, what do I do with these? And he says, um, feed them, send them home. You have a peace treaty with the king of Aram. Even though he's breaking it, you should honor it. Wait until he really attacks to declare war. And he does that. Um, as a result ben-hadad the king of aram does come back to samaria and besieges the city of samaria now we'll finish that story next week when we return to read second kings
1: second kings 4 through 6 new living translation second kings 4 One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served the Lord is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. Now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors, Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. One day, Elisha went to the town of Shuam, A wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband, I'm sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. One day, Elisha returned to Shuam, and he went up to this upper room to rest. He said to his servant Gehazi, Tell the woman from Shum I want to speak with her. When she appeared, Elijah said to Gehazi, Tell her, We appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you with the king or to the commander of the army? No, she replied. My family takes good care of me. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, What can we do for her? Gehazi replied, She doesn't have a son, and her husband is an old man. Call her back again, Elisha told him. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, Next time this year, at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my lord, she cried. "O man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But, sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant, and at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha had said. One day when her child was older, he went out to help his father, "'who was working with the harvest. "'Suddenly he cried out, "'My head hurts, my head hurts.' "'His father said to one of the servants, "Carry him home to his mother.' "'So the servant took him home, "'and his mother held him on her lap. "'But around noontime he died. "'She carried him up and laid him on the bed "'of the man of God, "'then shut the door and left him there. "'She sent a message to her husband, "'Send one of the servants and a donkey "'so that I can hurry to the man of God "'and come right back.' Why go today, he asked. It is neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. But, she said, it will be all right. So she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, Hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. As soon as she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elisha saw her in the distance. He said to Gehazi, Look, the woman from Shuam is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, Is everything all right with you, your husband, and your child? Yes, the woman told Gehazi, everything is fine. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell on the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone, she is deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. Then she said, Did I ask you for a son, my lord? Didn't I say, Don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Then Elisha said to Gehazi, "'Get ready to travel. "'Take my staff and go. "'Don't talk to anyone along the way. "'Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face.' "'But the boy's mother said, "'As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, "'I won't go home unless you go with me.' "'So Elisha returned to her. "'Gehazi hurried on ahead "'and laid the staff on the child's face, "'but nothing happened. "'There was no sign of life. "'He returned to meet Elisha and told him, "'The child is still dead.' When Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead, lying on the prophet's bed. He went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. Then he lay down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hands. As he stretched out on him, the child's body began to grow warm again. Elisha got up, walked back and forth across the room once, and then stretched himself out again on the child. This time, the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Then Elisha summoned Gehazi, "'Call the child's mother,' he said. And when she came in, Elisha said, "'Here, take your son.' She fell at his feet and bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Then she took her son in her arms and carried him downstairs. Elisha now returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in the land. One day, as the group of prophets was seated before him, he said to his servant, Put a large pot on the fire and make some stew for the rest of the group. One of the young men went out into the field to gather herbs and came back with a pocketful of wild gourds. He shredded them and put them into a pot without realizing they were poisonous. Some of the stew was served to the men, but after they had eaten a bite or two, they cried out, Man of God, there is poison in this stew. So they would not eat it. Elisha said, Bring me some flour. Then he threw it into the pot and said, Now it's all right. Go ahead and eat, and then it did not harm them. One day a man from Baal Shalisha brought the man of God a sack of fresh grain and twenty loaves of barley bread made from the first grain of his harvest. Elisha said, Give it to the people so they can eat. What? the servant exclaimed, Feed a hundred people with only this? But Elisha repeated, Give it to the people so they can eat, for this is what the Lord says, Everyone will eat, and there will even be some left over. And when they gave it to the people, there was plenty for all and some left over, just as the Lord had promised. 2 Kings 5 The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. At this time Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naamim's wife as a maid. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So Naamim told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him. I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying as gifts 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter to the king of Israel said, With this letter I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read this letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, Am I God? Can I give life and take it away? Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naamah to me, and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. So Naamah went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored, and you will be healed of your leprosy. But Naamah became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana, and the Farpar better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in rage, but his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply, go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God instructed him, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. Then Naamah and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him, and Naamah said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel, so please accept a gift from your servant. But Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept any gifts. And though Naamah urged him to take the gift, Elisha refused. Then Naamah said, All right, but please allow me to load two of my mules with earth from this place, and I will take it back home with me. From now on, I will never again offer burnt offerings or any sacrifices to any other gods except the Lord. However, may the Lord pardon me in this one thing. When my master, the king, goes into the temple of the god Rimmon to worship there and leans on my arm, may the Lord pardon me when I bow to. Go in peace, Elisha said. So Naamah started home again. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, My master should not have let this Aramean get away without accepting any of his gifts. As surely as the Lord lives, I will chase after him and get something from him. So Gehazi set off after Naamah. When Naamah saw Gehazi running after him, he climbed down from his chariot and went to meet him. Is everything all right? Naamah asked. Yes, Gehazi said. But my master has sent me to tell you that two young prophets from the hill country of Ephraim just arrived. He would like seventy-five pounds of silver and two sets of clothing to give to them. By all means, take twice as much silver, Nehemiah insisted. He gave him two sets of clothing tied up with money in two bags and sent the two of his servants to carry the gifts for Gehazi. But when they arrived at the cathedral, Gehazi took the gifts from the servants and sent the men back. Then he went and hid the gifts inside the house. When he went in to his master, Elisha asked him, Where have you been, Gehazi? I haven't been anywhere, he replied. But Elisha asked him, Don't you realize that I was there in spirit when Naamah stepped down from the chariot to meet you? Is this the time to receive money and clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and cattle, and male and female servants? Because you have done this, you and your descendants will suffer from Naamah's leprosy forever. When Gehazi left the room, he was covered with leprosy. His skin was white as snow. 2 Kings 6 One day the group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, As you can see, this place where we meet with you is too small. Let's go down to the Jordan River, where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. All right, he told them, go ahead. Please come with us, someone suggested. I will, he said. So he went with them. When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees, but as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried. It was a borrowed axe. Where did it fall? The man of God asked. When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water at that spot. Then the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it, Elisha said, and the man reached out and grabbed it. When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, We will mobilize our forces at such and such place. But immediately Elijah, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, Do not go near that place, for the Arameans are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and time again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, Which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord the king, one of the officers replied. Elisha the prophet in Israel tells the king of Israel even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servants of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. "'O oh, sir, what will we do now?' the young man called out to Elisha. "'Don't be afraid,' Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs.' Then Elisha prayed, "'O oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see.' The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean armies advanced towards him, Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, You have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me, and I will take you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to the city of Samaria. As soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, "'O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see.' So the Lord opened their eyes, and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elisha, "'My father, should I kill them?' "'Of course not,' Elisha replied. "'Do we kill prisoners of war? Give them food and drink, and send them home again to their master.' So the king made a great feast for them and sent them home to their master." After that, the Aramean raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. Sometime later, however, King Ben-Hadad of Aram mustered his entire army and besieged Samaria. As a result, there was great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for eighty pieces of silver and a cup of dove's dung sold for five pieces of silver. One day, as the king of Israel was walking along the wall of the city, a woman called to him. Please help me, my lord the king. He answered, If the lord doesn't help you, what can I do? I have neither food from the threshing floor nor wine from the press to give you. But when the king asked, What is the matter? She replied, This woman said to me, Come on, let's eat your son today. Then we will eat my son tomorrow. So we cooked my son and ate him. Then the next day I said to her, Kill your son so we can eat him. But she has hidden her son. When the king heard this, he tore his clothes in despair, and as the king walked along the wall, the people could see that he was wearing burlap under his robe next to his skin. May God strike me and even kill me if I don't separate Elisha's head from his shoulders this very day, the king vowed. Elisha was sitting in his house with the elders of Israel when the king sent a messenger to summon him. But before the messenger arrived, Elisha said to the elders, A murderer has sent a man to cut off my head. When he arrives, shut the door and keep him out. We will soon hear his master's steps following him. While Elisha was still saying this, the messenger arrived. And the king said, All this misery is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer?
0: Scripture reading by Leonetta Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Enjoy tomorrow in the church of your choice. If you live in the Greenwood, Indiana area and you're looking for a church, come visit us. Check us out at becomehope.com. We'd love to see you tomorrow.